Morning, studio. Morning. Why don't we start with some voicemails we got last night? Uh, here's voicemail number one. Hi, I was wondering if you could give a shout out to my husband, Cliff. Tomorrow is his birthday, and he is a big fan of the show. He has a hard job working in the medical field. He loves it, and he does an amazing job taking care of his family. Cliffy Poo, we love you. Cliffy Poo. I bet he loves getting called Cliffy Poo, too. <laughs> Uh, Cliffy Poo, we love you too, Bubba. <laughs> Hope your birthday's good, Bubba, Cliffy Poo. Uh, here's voicemail number two. Hi, Bobby. Hi, studio. Um, I'm just curious. I've heard you guys talk a lot about tips and the service industry. What do you guys typically do if you have a bad service? Like if the waiter is not very good. I've on occasion had terrible service, and I know it's generally you tip based on the service, but just want to know what you guys typically do in that situation. Thanks. Bye. Well, I can tell you when I was a young waiter, I was not a good waiter. So thankfully, a lot of folks had grace for and with me because I'd forget things. You never got punished? Yeah, but I was so new at it. And when someone would still tip me 20%, I would be like, thank you, God. Yeah. Like I'm learning. Thanks for being there. And I try to, you know, exhibit that, that, same feeling toward folks. I, listen, if you can, and unless they're just calling you the B word, it could be somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Unless you're sure that they just are terrible. <laughs> like they, you see them spitting your food in front of your face because it could be the kitchen's fault. They could be having a really bad day. Somebody could have died in their family or sure. sick or all that. Kids are. My only request would be that you fully evaluate the situation. And if you go, you know what? They're just a bad person then you possibly think of going, I'm not going to do full. But there's just so many so many variables that go into getting bad service. Would you go none? No, zero? no never. I wouldn't, I'm going to be honest with you. Because I was in the service industry for so long, if it was bad service, I'd still tip full amount. Unless they were just mean. All right, here's Tom in New York. Listen, I got a, a strange question. What's going on with Kenny Chesney? He consistently puts out hits, and you never really hear much from him. He's got his own satellite radio show, but he's never, you know, getting the big awards. He's never on stage. He's not doing many interviews, but he just consistently puts out top hits. So he's been curious. Hope you can help me out and uh, give me an answer. Thanks, man. Sure. Kenny used to get all the awards. Mm-hmm. Kenny was Entertainer of the Year. He has been. Maybe multiple times. Now I think Kenny has reached the height of success and just now collects checks on an island with yeah. a big boat. Yeah. He's not around town much, so you don't hear him do interviews. He's not near microphones. And he tours a bunch still. He will tour some, but massive stadiums if he does. Yep. Kenny's just kind of done it, and he's like, I'm good. That's why. It's nobody not wanting to talk to Kenny Chesney. I like Kenny. At times, done a lot of stuff together. Sure. And then, then for eight months, I won't see him. So, but yeah, it's not a slight on Kenny at all. That's him just going, I'm good. I'm going to stay in the Virgin Islands. (laughs) Here's Angela in Springfield, Missouri. Angela, thank you for calling the show. What's going on with you? Good morning, studio. Morning. I am in cosmetology school right now, and I'm going to graduate, and I have my very first interview today at 2 o'clock. Wow, congratulations on all of that. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm excited to start my career. So what's the interview about? Um, so it's for a um, stylist position at Alta Beauty here in Springfield. Do you feel like you're prepared for this interview? Do you feel like you're, you know, you have the credentials to go in and get this job? Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, then I think you walk into that interview with the exact tone that you just gave me. Like, yeah, I'm qualified. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It, because people yes. want to hear confidence. They don't want to hear arrogance. And there's a fine line. 
but I'd rather yeah. you you fall on the side of confidence with a little arrogance than the other way. Like if it were me when I interview people for jobs, like I want you to be so confident in your work that if it does happen to s- scrape a little bit on the arrogant side, I can I can take that. But on the other side, I'm like, I don't know. And remember, you got a blank check. You can fill in any, all the zeros you want as far as the amount of work you do and, and the job and career that you want. So, you know, go into this thing. And here's my advice to everybody when you do an interview. Ask a lot of questions. Flip it on them. Make it feel like they're being interviewed hmm. because you'll sound like you are completely invested in what they're doing. They'll like that. And two, psychologically, they'll go, wait, she's really good. She's asking me a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm trying to get her to come work for us. So go do that. Go, yes, go yes. be yourself. You, you, you'll you nail this, okay? Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hope you have a good day. Congratulations on graduation. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Okay, awesome. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. All right, picture it. Last night, I have on a pair of red sweats, no socks and shoes, no shirt. I'm in my kitchen, getting a little drink. I like to make my, my grapefruit and sparkling water mix. Not, not too much sugar. But it's a Waterloo sparkling water, so it has some flavor to it. And as I'm getting ice from the dispenser, some of the cubes fall and hit the floor. Okay? Okay. So I stood there for a moment, and I thought to myself, should I pick them up or kick them under the fridge? (laughs) I mean, picking them up is a hassle because they're all slippery anyway, and it's hard to get them back up. You can't quite grab the cube. It slides all over the place on the floor, and in your hand, and your hand's got gross water on it. How many cubes are we talking? Two to three. Okay. And if you kick it under the fridge, who cares, right? It'll dry up. Correct. That's that's conventional thinking there. Ice hits the floor. What do you do? I'll tell you what I did after you guys tell me yours. Go ahead. Me? Kick it. Under the fridge. Never see it again. It evaporates, dude. There's no, I've done it hundreds of times. That's what I do. That's what I'll always do with the ice hits the floor. I guess I would kick it under the fridge, but in my house, our dog loves ice. So I just say, Cora. Oh, you <laughs> still leave it. Oh. She comes in, we'll eat it. But I've been busted kicking it under the fridge before. <laughs> and my husband is, gets upset because we have hardwood floors. And then it could ruin the wood under the fridge. But I say, it's under the fridge. Who cares? Yeah. Well, eventually you have to move the fridge if it breaks or you move. Sure. Right. And then the wood's messed up. I pick problem. it up. I do pick it up. You do? Oh, I do pick you. it up. You're setting us up. So, no, I was just asking. I thought you were going to be a kick it under the refrigerator guy, mm-mm. honestly. I pick it up, and then I don't have to worry about, did that moisture do something to the bottom of the fridge or the floor? But it is gross, and I don't like touching the floor. Yeah, I think everyone has to deal with this, right? Like, if anyone that has a, a ice dispenser on their refrigerator has to deal with this. Or do you just pick it up and put it in your drink? What? Off no. the floor? No, 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 no. Were you just running that by us if we judge you? <laughs> that's what you do? <laughs> Do you do that, really? No, but some people might. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. There's a Whataburger in Florida that hosted a pay-it-forward chain that lasted over 100 customers. That's a lot of people. I've been part of this, and I feel like it's just going to end right behind me, but 100 people, that's good. So someone goes and says, hey, I'd like to order a meal. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after you order the meal, they go, hey, it's already been paid for? Yeah, well, it starts with the guy that orders the meal and says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and pay for the people behind me. Don't know what they ordered. Whatever it is, I'll take it. My question is, do you ever get told you're in that chain before you order? Ooh, that's a good question. I've been a part of this, and no. Like, whenever I've been a part of a paid forward, they don't tell you until after I get my, my drink or whatever. 
Because if I'm being honest, it may affect what I order. <laughs> right. Or then even if you want to participate, like I feel as though someone that's in the chain, they might be able to pay for one person's latte or hamburger. But what if the person's ordering five? Right. Then they don't want to break the chain. But honestly, that's not going to work for them financially. That happened to me, Bones. I got one cup of coffee. And then when they said it's paid for, I'm like, well, that's great. I'll pay for the people behind me. Okay, great. They ordered five. All right. Okay. Now I got six, but it's okay. I kept it going. Wow. Man, December, people really feel the reason for the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That's awesome. There you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. I'll play you a famous country artist doing their version of White Christmas. They're all going to be singing White Christmas. You just have to name the artist. For example, who is singing this version of White Christmas? I'm Yeah, yeah, easy. Christmas. See example. Go ahead. Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, you got the point. Who'd you have said, Lunchbox? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash would not have been right. Okay, but that's the example. Can we just stay in if we miss it? No, you're out. You're out. (laughs) It's Survivor style. (laughs) Please. Uh, It's gonna be a quick game. What country artist (laughs) is singing White Christmas? Here you go. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Lunchbox? Brett Eldridge. Eddie? Mr. Country Christmas, Brett Eldridge. Amy? Brett Eldridge. There you go. Nice job. That was a tough one. Next up, who's singing White Christmas? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Where the tree tops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. Nice. Okay, there you go. Lunchbox. Uh, I put George Strait. Amy? George Strait. No. I know. I, I, I Lunchbox is right. This is a quick game. Eddie? Guys, it's the goat. That's Garth. It That's is? Garth Brooks. Yeah. Wow. He was really channeling his George there. No, yeah, he wasn't. He was. he was channeling his Garth. I almost changed halfway through. To Garth? Yeah, because I, I was like, wait, that kind of sounded like All right, Garth. we have to keep playing. We have more than that. I didn't <laughs> yeah, know you guys were going to be so bad at this. All whoa, right. Whoa, whoa. So bad. We missed one. The yeah, second the one. second one, guys. Yeah, we missed one. Relax. Next one. I'm dreaming of a white... Christmas. Come on, guys, it's so easy. Just like the ones I used to know, where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. Okay, Lunchbox? That's easiest. That's Darius. Eddie? He's singing it very differently. Like, not like he usually does, but I have Darius. It's not Darius sings. A little bit. Amy? Darius. There's a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, name this one. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the one Tops 
Okay, lunchbox. Oh my gosh, you can't miss that one. That's George Strait. Amy, George Strait. <laughs> Guys, what on earth again? That's Blake Shelton. <laughs> That's Blake Shelton. What? I did not. <laughs> I hear gotta that call the game at, at this all. point. Yeah, dude, it's over. I call again? the game. Whatever. <laughs> I still don't hear Blake. Yes, you do. How you do just don't you want not? to admit you, you hear Blake. Tell me you hear Blake. Uh, I do a little Mary bit now. That's offensive to George. I'm just throwing him in as a last ditch answer. Eddie, see if you can name the last two Come real on. quick. Next one up. Uh, yep. Rascal. George Strait. Oh. <laughs> George Strait for sure. Rascal Flatts. Rascal Flatts. Yeah. I'm dreaming of a wild. That's Taylor. Taylor Swift, correct? I'm dreaming of a wild. Tough one. Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Oh, wow. This is tough. Where the tree tops It's weird to hear this guy sing a Christmas song. Children listen. Eddie, go. You know this? I have a guess. I hear uh, Toby Keith. Oh, okay, no, no, no. Uh, and then give me one more. Dreaming of a wild Christmas. Is that Alan Jackson? It is. Nice job. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. Eddie's the winner. Play his song there. Come on. Somebody texted me the other day, like, dude, what is your victory song? Like, that's my uncle. People don't believe me. This is my uncle singing. This is Eddie's uncle singing this yes, song. That's my why Theo Fufa. Every time he wins, it runs to his family. That's why he wins so many games. Of course, that's the only He's a family reason. man. Yes, thank you. I woke up so hungry last night that I had some beef jerky, and I was eating beef jerky in bed last night, and it stinks. <laughs> and I dropped some in the bed and didn't realize it till this morning, and I was like, something smells like meat. And it was the beef jerky. And I could tell him, too, my dog was really trying to get in the bed, and he doesn't get to get up in the bed. And I was like, what is going on? I pull up the cover, and there's, like, little shreds of beef jerky in the bed. Kaylin was asleep, or I wouldn't have been eating beef jerky in bed that late. Do you guys have a food in bed rule? Yeah, I typically don't allow it, but for whatever reason, my daughter ate salmon in bed recently, my bed, and dropped salmon (laughs) in it. Like, and I... I found it. It was similar to you. Like, it was disgusting. So now I'm like, look, maybe you can hop up there with some nerds or candy or something, but no more salmon or food, like dinner. That's the second time you've mentioned she likes salmon. Yeah. For like a teenage kid, young teenage kid, just Mm -hmm. eating salmon. Yeah. Well, it's either salmon or grilled cheese. So, yeah. Both are great. And I I feel lucky, too, because she loves avocados and broccoli. But and carrots. So yeah, I guess she is doing pretty good for herself. But don't get it twisted. Some days she has her moments where I'm like trying to make sure she gets some form of nutrients. But when you're a kid, though, you don't really need them, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just eat candy yeah. all day. There's a guy who's living in a 22,000 square foot mansion for free in New York City. Wow. Do you see the story? Mm-mm. His house. Him. He's standing out front of it. His name's Roy Fox. He hasn't paid rent for his New York City apartment in more than 30 years. In a city of 8.4 million people, 81 years old, he is one of the people who reside in one of the city's publicly owned historic sites. 
He worked as a radio host, but he lives free in the King Manor House, an 11-acre historic landmark in Jamaica, Queens. The only catch, he serves as the caretaker. Wow. So if you take care of the house, you get to be in the house. Hey, Scuba Steve, didn't you once... When you were in Orlando, live in a like a massive house rent free. Yes, I lived in this house. It was eleven thousand square feet, and I lived in the guest house wing attached next to it. And all I had to do was watch it while he was in the French Riviera with his wife and mow the lawn, and that was it. And and, and when I was living there, I didn't really take it in what I was doing. But now I look back at it, I was like, holy crap, this is pretty crazy that I was living in this house as an eighteen year old kid for about a good year, year and a half. So you lived there even when they were living there. <laughs> Yeah, even he was he was hardly ever there. He was there a lot in in France with his wife. But even when he was there, yeah, I'd be there with him, and I'd be in the little guest house. Sometimes he'd come over and talk to me, and have a beer, or walk around his house. And when I'd walk around his house, he had some of the coolest stuff. I was the, probably the top thing that I saw that was pretty interesting was next to his master bathroom tub, he had the original Lassie stuffed, looking at him while he bathes. What? Wait, the dog from the show? The actual dog from the actual show. How did show. he have the dog? I think he's the original owner of it. Like, he owned the dog. What did this guy do to have this house in his life? Lassie's so he, owner. <laughs> <laughs> so he invented this, this mechanism that was popular in the 80s and 90s that would switch from the phone to the fax machine. So he's the inventor of that. And his wife was the heir to Alfa Romeo. So they had family money as well. What's Alfa Romeo? It's a car. Um, it it's, was popular in the 80s and 90s, but it's become popular again lately. And how did you meet this guy? I met him through my ex-girlfriend's father, who also lived there as well when he was going through divorce. I let him live with me. Your ex-girlfriend's... Oh, where you were dating her Yeah, when I was dating her. Not my ex. I mean, obviously my ex now because I'm married. But when I was dating her, her father lived there with me. And that's how I found out through this guy was through him. Did you ever go on any trips with him or anything like that? Um, We went on a skiing trip in Maryland. What? Are you sure you weren't like a kid gigolo? <laughs> like I was his houseboy? Yeah. What's happening here? Maybe I wasn't. I didn't realize it at the time, but we didn't do anything weird, so it wasn't that. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> did the, positive. Did the wife ever flirt with you? I never met her because she was. he said that she was sick, so she could never leave France to come to America. This whole thing sounds shady. <laughs> okay. I mean... Are you sure she wasn't stuffed in the guest bathroom? <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. But I, when I would tour the house, I, there was all kinds of weird things and rooms that were, I couldn't go into. Really? Oh, like he yeah. told you, this room's off limits? Yes, and he had an obsession with keeping dead animals. Like He had a garage, like a 10-car garage, and anything that died on his property, he would keep it and eventually would stuff it and put it in his house. <laughs> okay. Wait, any what? animal that died? Any animal. Like he had like raccoons, dogs that, from the past that he's had. But why? I don't know. Some I don't know. I never really dove into I was 18 years old, so I didn't really question it. I was living in an 11,000-square-foot mansion, and my friends would come over at parties. It was the coolest part of my he life. He didn't care if you had people over? He didn't care at all. As long as I was I was clean, and he wasn't home a lot, so it didn't really matter. But when he was home, it, it, it just he was cool to hang out with. And you never peeked in the rooms you weren't supposed to peek into? I didn't. I, I was a rule follower, so if he said don't go in there, I didn't go in there. I didn't want to lose the house that I was living in. And what does this guy do now? I haven't seen him in a long time. He was probably in his late 70s, so I don't even know if he's still alive. Okay, <sighs> I'm going to need to Google him. Yeah, I'll tell you his name off air. Okay, well, I'm just going to Google guy that invented phone to fax machine. And then see where his wife is. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or what year she disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Wow, that's a crazy story. Yeah, thank you. Why did cool. you leave? Uh, I left because then I started dating somebody else, and then so I ended up moving in with her. That was, I mean, otherwise, I would, I'd probably still be there to this day if I, if I could. <laughs> <laughs> How was Orlando for you living? 
for me, it was cool because uh, we were 45 minutes from the beach. Um, all my friends were there. So that was that was life for me. So I loved living in Orlando with the theme parks nearby. Uh, I love the weather. I love the hot weather. So it was that was my life. So I enjoyed Orlando. You're wise from California. Yeah, from San Francisco. You're from Florida. From Florida, Orlando. So is Nashville like the perfect medium place or is the goal to get back to one or the other? I love Nashville. Um, I, I still have a, a little bit of me that wants to go back to Hollywood at some point, L.A., but Nashville is it's a great chapter in my book right now. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. That's where he came from. Right. Scuba Steve, before yeah. I hired him here, his executive producer was uh, producing Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. What, Amy? Well, I just wondered what, 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 why do you want to go back to Hollywood? Why am I struggling with that? Well, my original move there, when I first moved there, I was not in radio for a moment. I worked for Dr. Phil. So my, my aspirations was to <laughs> be in Hollywood, to produce TV shows and be a part of that. Okay, and, that's So I'd like to go back there to work in that, in that realm. So I think a lot of people just went, Dr. Phil... So yeah. you work for Dr. Phil? Yeah, I was one of his like PAs. I was kind of working my way up. He's his pool boy too. <laughs> his pool boy. He lived in his guest house. <laughs> it was great. He had stuffed dogs everywhere. It was cool. <laughs> so you worked as a production assistant for Dr. Phil? Correct. Yeah. Did you ever meet him? Uh, a couple times. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. Did you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Scuba said he's a nice guy, <laughs> and then diverts his eyes. <laughs> and he only met him a couple times. That's crazy. How did yeah. that go with Dr. Phil? Like, what did you learn from that job? Where did it get you? Uh, for me, it was so it was on the Paramount lot. So that alone was surreal. I got nice. to drive my Honda Civic on the Paramount lot and see all that. So I got to see like when we're, a lot of, through the downtime, I got to see other productions and just kind of see how they were doing things. Um, and learning how to write scripts and how to book guests and all these kind of things. So I learned a lot of tools that I took and brought into radio as well. And then you went from Dr. Phil to where? To Seacrest. Got it. And then Seacrest to to you. There you go. He's moving on up. (laughs) Here's the thing. The celebrities, I I think it's going the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a great opportunity. His resume looks a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) You're climbing down, sir. (laughs) By the way, that's Scuba Steve, our executive producer, who sits in the glass room. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So experts are saying that one of the best ways to let out your aggression is through punching bags or just punching something, not someone, something before it gets to the point. Because if you bottle up your emotions too much, it's too late. And this makes me think of Mr. Rogers. And while he didn't punch things in that movie that I watched with Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, he shared that he would get out anger by slamming the piano keys. Like, really, like, dun, 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 dun. And like, that was... It, when I right when I read this, I was like, "Oh, look, Mr. Rogers' way of doing it was not punching, but slamming keys." So maybe for you, it's not punching, but when you let your emotions build up, nothing good comes of that. So find a way to talk about them. Find a way to release something. Um, my one of my therapists last year was saying something about maybe go outside and throw ice cubes. I know that sounds weird, but it's like something about the sensation of the ice. And then it's like you're throwing really nothing, but you just throw them as hard as you can in your backyard and it can release something. I watch these clips on the Internet of these slap contests where these big guys slap each other as hard as they can. <laughs> and they're like regulated contests. Like cool. they're on TV. OK. And they're big guys. <laughs> it's like guys you see in arm wrestling championships. The big, big dudes. And they just go, oh, bam, they smack the other guy. And the other guy either goes down or he stays up, and then it's his turn. Oh, it is. They keep it, doing it till someone goes down. It's hard to watch, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> I think this is your pimple popper. Maybe there's yeah. something satisfying about watching it happen. I will. Ooh, 
What? Would you guys do the slap contest? No. Uh, no, no, no. I'll play with Eddie. I go first. Cash no. Pri- no. <laughs> Cash prize, though. No. How much? Oh, how much? See, Eddie's saying no until, I mean, maybe we make it worth it. I mean, everything him. has a price, right? That's true. <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> Amy, what else you got? A Vermont home is hitting the market with a unique uh, little add-on. The house has a jail in it. And it really was a jail in the late 60s. So you've got four bedrooms, couple bathrooms in the house, and then a jail portion. I was looking at the the real estate, the website where you can buy it. Yeah. And it looks like a normal house. Click, click. But picture 17, you're like, whoop, there's a jail. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. scary looking. The agent is asking $149,000. But my concern here is... In the listing, it says, bring your own ideas on what this 28 by 40 wing could be, the prison wing. wing. And I'm thinking, we need to watch out who buys this because they might be like, oh, sweet, already a built-in place to keep my people or whoever, you know? <laughs> They're kidnapped people. Yeah. So just keep an eye out on who buys it. And then lastly, I never knew Luke Holmes auditioned for The Voice. Did you? I mean, most people that are artists audition for one of the shows, wow. either The Voice or American Idol at some point. Well, Blake Shelton was asked about an interview, and he was like, yep, this is just straight up embarrassing. He auditioned. He made it a couple of rounds, but never to the full show part. And But I like the way Luke handled it, too. He said, you know, I got a letter saying basically I was rejected, but for me, it gave me a lot of confidence because I was good enough to make it through a couple of producer auditions, and he used that even though he didn't make it all the way, to fuel him to believe in himself. Well, Morgan Wallet made it, made it to like the top 12 or something on The Voice. I mean, yeah, The Voice doesn't really have any winners that end up being big stars because that show is about the judges. And can you imagine all the talent that goes through there that doesn't make it? Both shows, right? It's right. just about what the producers are looking for or if they're having a good day. It's like mm-hmm. a judge in a case. You want the ju- judge to be having a good day because they'll be a little lighter on you. Yeah. You know, you never know what, what's happening with that. Uh, the producers. All right, Amy, is that it? Yep, but maybe that's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. This dad was arrested for breaking a bunch of traffic laws, for speeding, for running stop signs, for all these things. And nobody got hurt. But he was doing it because he was rushing his one-year-old daughter to the hospital. She was choking on a penny. He was trying to get there in a hurry. He also did not have a valid driver's license. So what he does, he speeds there. Nobody gets hurt. Takes the baby in. She ends up being okay. They got the penny out of her throat. And here you go. Here's where the good news comes in. The nurses bonded him out. Oh, they got the money together? and He pulled into the hospital. He was taken into custody because cops were right behind him. And the nurses took the money, put it all together, and bonded him out of jail. Wow. Come on, and nobody got hurt. Like I don't like you running lights and stuff because I don't want. To, but if your kid's choking, yeah, like it's go time. Yeah, you gotta go. Like, sorry. And then the nurses said, "Oh, he didn't have any money. We'll get him out." Love that story right there. That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. It is now time for the morning corny. Once a week, we try to figure out Amy's corny joke. Ninety seconds will be on the clock. Amy, are you ready? Ready. Let's go. The morning corny. What do you get if you cross Santa with a detective? What do you get when you cross Santa with a detective? Santa cop. Ho, ho, ho. Well, they call a detective a dick. So, what's... (laughs) What's the joke? It's not my morning corny. <laughs> okay. This is an after dark. Okay. Well, they do say oh. that's what a detective is called. Okay. Um, undercover, under. 
Santa. Say it again. What do you get when you cross Santa with a detective? Chris Pringle. <laughs> Santa with a detective? Uh, stick him up. The nightmare. No. Santa Slay. Santa. Cuff him and stuff him. Oh, go to the cop terms? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of Put that. Put your hands Paddy up. wagon. Get in the back. Uh, you're under arrest. You're under arrest. I don't understand. Reindeer. What does a detective do? Crime. Santa crime? Solve. Santa. <laughs> Santa investigator? Man, we're Investor Corny? What's the joke again? What do you get when you cross Santa with a detective? Who's a famous a- detective? Shaft. I'm giving Santa you... Santa Shaft? Shaft Santa. Yeah. Inspector Gadget. Oh. Inspector... Well, what do detectives use? A Handcuffs. magnifying glass. Thanks. You shouldn't be. Okay, I'll shut up. Sherlock you Holmes. Shouldn't be leading He's us. a detective. Sure, Santa Lock Holmes. Oh, <laughs> We're struggling time. here. Time. <laughs> All right, what is it? The morning corny. What do you get when you cross Santa with a detective? What? Santa clues. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, it is, but uh, we were nowhere we, close. I mean, we were never going to get that. We could have been here till the end of the show. We were not going to get that. Okay. I'm sorry if everybody had to hear that. Six in ten Americans see gift giving as a competition. Yeah. So more than half go, all right, we're going to give gifts. I'm going to beat you at the gift exchange. So six out of ten admit, yep, they're trying to out-gift their circle of loved ones. A survey of 2,000 Americans revealed sibling rivalries never seem to disappear. Some people want to win the whole, have the best gift, period, to give. Would you rather give the best gift or get the best gift? Give it. Give it. Get it. Give it. Better feeling. Give it. You guys are all full of crap. No, we're not. I would rather give it. Okay, then everybody give me presents and I won't give you anything and see how happy you are. Great. (laughs) But I want to give the best one of everyone here. when it's. You, you. acting that way. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, no one's going to step up That's to the plate and volunteer That's a good point. You never that. want to give somebody a great gift who isn't appreciative of it. Right. Oh, I would appreciate it. People are still making a competitive sport. I I like giving great gifts. I don't feel like I compete. Yeah. But I do like giving great gifts. No, not on the show. On the show, we're playing a game. Oh, oh, you mean in life. In life, yeah. I like giving great gifts. And I think I got some pretty good ones. You know, I've had to buy gifts for other folks. And I had to. Got some other for other people in my life. Before Christmas, I'm pretty proud of them. I'm, I get excited to give them. I'm going to be very vulnerable with you guys here. I'm going to share something that I know could get me made fun of. Oh, boy. This is good. Yeah. But I have found real security in being the little spoon in my relationship. Oh, gosh. What are you talking dude. about? What are you oh, doing? What the-, <laughs> the little no, spoon? No, no, So no, I don't no. know why. <laughs> I've big spooned it enough. This has got to go back to childhood again. But. Like, right? I've now started to realize that I fall asleep so much better when I'm the little spoon. Oh, no. No, no, this is no. deeper than we think. Yeah. Raymundo's laughing his butt off in there. You don't uh, think that's good? I just can't imagine a woman being the big spoon and you're the little spoon. You're taller than her. Yeah, you're bigger than her. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird formation, but that doesn't mean I can't get fetally because that's what happens. I kind of get into a little ball. And she will lay and then put her arm over me. Because what I'll say, I'm being very vulnerable with you guys here. Huh. I'll say, hey, will you hug me? Oh, and no, that means, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What did she say? 
She's she knows like, it now. Is she cool about it, or is she just kind of like, whatever you need, I'll do whatever? Well, both. Uh, you know, the other night, I just could not sleep. I had a lot on my mind. Personal stuff, professional stuff. And I was like, oh. And she was like, okay, turn over. And so, <laughs> no. so, so I turned over Bobby. to become the little spoon. And she says within three to five minutes, I fell asleep. And I hadn't been able to fall asleep forever. Did you suck your thumb, too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't. But I just wonder, and we'll go around the room here. Oh, no. <laughs> Raymundo, I'll start with you. Me being Little Spoon, what do you think? I mean, I guess if you fell asleep, congrats. <laughs> Most guys aren't comfortable saying they'll be Little Spoon. I, I don't know if any of my friends have ever been Little Spoon. That's very, I mean, it's just not a guy type thing. It, usually an animal's Little Spoon or a kid. It's never the guy. But isn't that some sort of stigma we should break? No. <laughs> Eddie? Uh, hey, look, man. I mean, I, I really think this is something that has to be psychological for your childhood because it's definitely not normal as a grown man for a grown man to be little spoon. Why can't a grown man want to be loved and be little spoon? <laughs> hey, you do you though. It's okay. I'm not gonna judge you, Morgan. As a woman, if you were with a guy and he wanted to be a little spoon, no, I don't even want to answer this. Go um, ahead. I mean, look. I would say, like, every so often, I totally understand her supporting you and what you need in that. But no, I, I don't think I would like that if a guy wanted me to always be the big spoon. I didn't say always. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. But there's a good enough amount of times where I'm just like, will you hug me? And that Hold means I roll me. over, and then she puts her arm over me and becomes big spoon. <laughs> Can she fall asleep like that? Yeah. She's probably right behind you going like, what is happening right now? This is so awkward, but whatever. Lunchbox. It's embarrassing. Eddie's right. As she's laying there going, she goes, she's sitting there going, this is so weird and awkward. And like, what is he doing? Like, I wanted a man to protect me. I don't want to protect my man. I, I like, do all of that. It's not no. a protection thing. Oh, that, no, that's, that's mama bear getting her little cub and making sure it can go to sleep nighty night. That's what you do. You're supposed to show dominance and, you know, hey, dominance. I got you, girl. And you hold her, you're safe. Go to sleep. Now she's like, oh, come here, my little puppy. It's embarrassing. There is no dominance. Scuba Steve, do you have something you want to say? Our producer, everybody's trying to get in there two cents yeah, now. I was just saying, I'm 100% with you. I grew up in a kind of a broken household. And so for me, I didn't really get hugged a lot. And I never got hugged my entire life up until I met my wife. And so for me, I kind of relate to you. And I feel like I have a lot of anxiety. And when I get that spoon for my wife, which is not very often. Oh hey, it's God. okay to say it's all the time, <laughs> Scuba Steve. I would say at least once a month, I need to be held. And I'm a bigger guy. And when my wife holds me, it just I feel at peace. I feel comforted, and like you, I'm asleep in minutes, and it's just the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I was not hugged as a kid, almost yeah. ever. Never. Oh had picked up, hugged, nothing. Yeah, I, oh. and maybe that's what it is. I just yeah. I haven't talked to a therapist about it, but I got no affection. I was not told that I was loved. I was not loved. Yeah, I get it. So, Scoob and I start crying. I want to hug both of you guys right now. But listen to anybody. I feel like you should continue to do this. I think it's totally fine. But maybe that's it. Yeah. Okay, so we have four votes I'm a loser for being a little spoon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we have one vote, Scuba Steve, who says it's okay. Yes, do it. All right. Is that why you always want to be little spoon when you hang out with me? Well, you're you're pretty tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm bigger. It feels more natural that way. <laughs> okay, you can write your answer on oh. Facebook if you want. Oh, great. It's not going to go Are good you for sure? you over there. It is not going to go good. <laughs> Amy mentioned that in one of her friend's wedding registries you could donate and they took that money and hired a night nurse 
once or twice a week. Baby shower registry, what not wedding. You said wedding. That would be really weird. <laughs> I don't know the difference in these things. Okay, so that's when you're pregnant and you're going to have okay. a baby shower and you put a bunch of gift ideas up and people get to choose. And yes, they had night nurse as an option, not for you to pay for the whole thing, but you could donate 25, 50 bucks towards it and then they would have funds to tap into if they needed to hire help. Well, then I go, a night nurse does all that. I should have one for me. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little chuckle. Then Lunchbox took it to the next level. He called a night nurse to see what it would be like to actually hire one for an adult man. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a talk about this and the benefits of having one. Mm -hmm. So here you go. Lunchbox is calling to see if she would take care of him. By the way, Lunchbox is 473 months old. In case you're wondering how old the baby is. Because when you talk baby talk, you always say, how old are you? Six months, nine months, 12 months, 13 months. So here you go. Hello? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm just calling to get some information on a night nanny. Okay. Is the baby here yet, sir? Oh, yeah. He, he's here, <laughs> and just sometimes at night, he's really, really fussy and crying, and I, okay, I just... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your name and phone number. I'm going to pass the info to a gentleman named... And he's going to be able to help you out. Like, I, you. I was hoping, like, you can, like, rub his head. That that seems to make him calm down. Like, Well, he'll tell you about the nurses. So let me take yeah. a little Yeah, and, like, I, li- I, like it, I like it when you tickle me. Like, it really, you know, <laughs> puts me in a good mood, and I fall asleep after that. What? Yeah, like, you know, like, when you're kind of upset and you tickle, and then it kind of calms... Calms me down. Calms them down. They have ways. Okay. So, sir, what what's your name? Yeah, and my name is Jason Gibble. Do you also help them go pee-pee in the potty? No, that's different. We're talking about babies. How old is the child? Uh, 473 months old. How old? 473 months. That's not a bit. So, like, 39 and a half years old is how old I am. Not you, the baby. Well, yeah, I mean, I just like to be held and cuddled. You know, sometimes I have nightmares. <laughs> She hang she up. Hang up. Gone. Gone. Oh, <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with that. That's funny, huh? Uh, Christine in Massachusetts, you are on the Bobby Bone Show. Hi, Christine. Hi. Good morning, Bobby and everybody. How morning. are you? Morning, morning. I actually am a night nurse, and I think it's a great idea. If people can afford it, it's a great idea. And they've done studies that people that have extra help at night, it helps the mom avoid postpartum depression. Um, she needs less pain relief, and sleep is very therapeutic. So I've helped plenty of families kind of get over that bridge of the first month or two, and it's really beneficial. And the, it helps the, the bonding during the day because mom is not tired. Yeah, the debate isn't, is it beneficial? It's that's yeah. it's an expense. It's a crazy expense. Right. I mean, yeah, and most, most people of can't. America don't do that. But, but like my friend did, right. it's not an expense they could afford, but they were like, you know what? We want to bypass other gifts and donate towards this. And I thought it was genius. So it's just, it's just an idea. And it doesn't have to be, I don't know if this, some night nurses probably work every night. How, how much you cost? <laughs> well, it depends. Um, we do a sliding scale too. I'm an average of 40 or 45 an, an hour. What? Um, overnight, yeah. <laughs> well, overnight is more expensive, anyways, because even for I, 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 everybody, I'll do it for thirty. I was about to say I'm gonna I be start, a night nanny. <laughs> I start undercutting her. Uh, well, it also depends. Um, some nannies are not nurses. I'm a nurse, but some are less if they're not a nurse. Right. Oh so you have different so qualifications. Forty-five dollars an hour. Wow, wow, wow. And how many hours will you work? overnight usually? Well, usually um, the family likes you to come in around 10 o'clock at night and then stay till 6 in the morning. What age did you become a millionaire? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that hasn't happened yet, but most people only do it at like two nights a week. Um, they don't do it <laughs> That's expensive, <Crazy>. man. <laughs> Oh, and maybe in just in the beginning, it's not forever. Why not? I exactly. like having forever. Some people do a month. Okay. Some people do two months. Here's my so Venmo. <laughs> no, listen. But it's definitely, it's definitely worth it in the morning when you have gotten a full eight hours of sleep. I think people would pay anything. I'm sure it's worth it if you can afford it. Right. Exactly. If you can't, ask your friends and, for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Some people register for honeymoon money. You know, it's kind of That's the same true. thing. So the registry is a great idea. Can I ask you a question, honest question, Christine? You ever meet a baby and you just don't like that baby? <laughs> oh, of course. You're just like this. Yeah. Is, I, you're like, I'm going to do my job and take care of this baby to the to the absolute fullest. Con- but I just don't like this baby. Right, and you don't have to like everyone, but it's a job, and you do the best of your ability because. You know, they're baby, but still. Are there some babies that you really like, and you're like, I'd like to take this one home for me? <laughs> oh, oh yes, but it. I have six of my own, so I don't need, I don't okay. need any of them. Wait, right. six of your own? How do you do six of your own and go take care of other people's babies in the middle of the night? She that has a see- night nanny. She well, has six <laughs> night nannies. She affords them with her high salary. Sorry, go ahead, Christine. <laughs> Mine are all older now. They're college, so I don't have anybody home at night. But when, when I, they were younger, I didn't do overnight, but... You have college kids? It's a good kids? way to make some money. You, have, you sound young. You have quite, quite the young voice there, Christine. Oh, thanks. I'm old. <laughs> no, I have um, <laughs> I'm two, but I have five um, in college and one heading that way. So, All right, Christine, have a good day. <laughs> it's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So shout out to this teenager named Cole. He was born with cystic fibrosis, so he's been in and out of the hospital. And most recently, he had to go in for some treatment that kept him there for a while. And on his last day, he wanted to do something special to thank the nurses and staff for taking good care of him. And that's when the idea for a pizza party popped in his head. But I mean, he's a kid. He's in the hospital. He doesn't have money for that. So he got some paint and wrote a message on the upper floor window of the hospital that said, all caps, send pizza to 8 South Room 14. And it worked. Like 18 pizzas showed up, sent by strangers (laughs) who saw his sign, and he was able to throw a pizza party for the staff. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. I know. Shout out to those people who did that, too. That's so cool. Such a good idea. Well, how old was the kid? Did it say He's 18. He's 18? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a smart idea. He's an adult. That's good, though. Good story. That was Tell Me Something Good. All right, this will be the iconic sounds game I'm going to play. All I've been told are these sounds are just very famous, and just by hearing it, we should know what it is. it a brand? Is it? Is It's all op- wide open. Wide open. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready. All right, write your answer down. Let's go. Hit that again, please. I thought for a second it was going to be Andy Griffith's show. Sounds like it. Because it could have been any of that. Yeah. All right. So you're writing that down? Yeah. Almost was Andy Griffith. (laughs) All right. If you miss it, you're out. All right. Eddie. McDonald's. Amy. McDonald's. Lunchbox. I have, I'm loving it, McDonald's. Correct. Is that how we're supposed to say it? I have McDonald's. I I wasn't quite sure what... You name that iconic sound. Amy feels good. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can, can you see my paper? Yeah. No, I'm typing mine. Oh, okay. How do you feel? I know it. Good. Yeah. You know it? I know it. Pretty iconic. Do you know it? Nope. I don't think so. I'm guessing. What do you have? X-Files. Yeah, you don't know it. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not it. Dang it. Lunchbox? 
NYPD. Blue. <laughs> what? Yo, this is so easy. Is it Law and Order? Yes. On the count of three. One, two, three. Law, law and Order. order. Oh. I scratched Law and Order out. Well, you two have been eliminated. Great. I thought you watched Law and Order every night or something, Lunchbox. No, my wife watches Law and Order SVU, but I don't. So SVU is a little different. All right, number three, Amy, you and I battling it out. Don't! One, two, three. The Simpsons. Simpsons. Number four. You've got mail. You've got mail. What? You know it. I, I don't, I'm making sure. Oh, you don't have it down? Yes, I do. Okay. One, two, three. AOL. AOL. Okay. All right. Iconic sounds game. Amy and I left. All right, go ahead. Oh. This is good. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I just have to make a a, a movie well, guess because it could be do, any big, uh, it's any of the big movie production companies. If you don't know, you can go to Eddie or Lunchbox as a lifeline. You can't talk about it, but you have to go with their answer. <laughs> okay. Because oh. I know it. Well, I mean, I have something written down, but I'm not 100%, so well, I would I would well, trust Eddie on what this. What do you have written Sh- down? Okay. I have written down Lionsgate. Okay. Yeah, she needs me. Okay. Oh, you say she's wrong. Uh, absolutely. Are you going with Eddie? Yeah, I'm going to go with Eddie. Go ahead. All right. It's 20th Century Fox. Well, I have 20th Century Fox. Oh, yay. Okay. I'm yeah. still in it. Good job, yeah, Eddie. Yeah, you're welcome. You didn't want to go on Lunchbox? Did you have that? Yep. Well, that's rude. That's cool. <laughs> What'd you have, really? Uh, Paramount. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Play that again. Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> I know, right? I, I have an answer, but I'm not confident with it. Play it again. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to write it down. How do you feel about that? I feel like it's, I feel like I just am going to answer something, but I know I know it. But it's, You can go to Lunchbox. You've already used Eddie. No up. way. <laughs> he might know it. He doesn't. Okay. Lunchbox, do you know that one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <doesn't>. Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Lunchbox? Cops. Is it cops, Ray? No. Oh. They're slamming the jail cell. Play it one more time, Raimundo. I think that's a knockoff version. I, I think I just come on. Think guys. about me too much. All right, ready, Amy? One, two, three. Netflix. Five bone show. The, fi- <laughs> the five what? bone show. Is it? This is the Bobby Bone show. Uh, Raymundo is either one of us right? Yes. I don't. A- Amy, what did you say? I said Netflix. <laughs> oh. Is it the Bobby Bone no, show? No, it's Netflix. It's got to be Netflix. Did I just beat you at a game? No, it, that's... Why are y'all looking at me? That is not... What do you think that is, Eddie? I know what it is. What this, is this it? This sound haunts me in my dreams. It's Netflix. Nope. He said one of us is right. Yeah. So it's the Bobby Bones Yeah, show. it is. This is all my videos. Every oh, single that's what it is. <laughs> it leads into all the videos. Yes. That's boom, why boom, I've boom, heard boom. it So you don't watch my videos. Oh. No, I got do. It. I've reposted them <laughs> on... That is it, isn't that's it? That's it. Oh, pfft. I didn't beat you. Not Netflix. Good it, job, Bo. I knew it was a My video thing, though. My brain was not going to our show. Play that oh. again, Ray. 
Yes. <laughs> set that like, up, Eddie. Yeah. What is that? Tell me. That's so in every Instagram video, uh, that's how it starts. Like, that's the opening slate. It goes, Bobby, Bones, Gunk, and then the video starts. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought it could have been Netflix, too, because I just have a video picture in my head. Right. Wow. Hey, uh, thank you. I win. You know what I say? Oh. You're unbelievable. Oh. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Mariah Carey. Mariah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's an honor to talk to you. Love the new Christmas song. I mean, you are the queen of Christmas. I appreciate that, but I don't claim it. I don't claim it, you know. Christmas is Christmas. I just happen to enjoy it and like making Christmas music and other music. But yeah, we had a great time working on this new Christmas record. It's been so fun. Whenever mm-hmm. you first cut All I Want for Christmas is You, did you know that song was that was that special that was going to be just, you know, lasting for, you know, 20 years at this point? No, because here's the thing. I, I had never done this was like in the beginning of my career. And I had only done like I think two albums really at that point and maybe like in the MTV Unplugged EP, but the label was like, why don't you do a Christmas album? I don't know if they were just like, we don't know how long this thing's gonna last, do a Christmas album. And I felt like it was too soon because growing up it was always like, people did that later on, you know what I mean? And then I said, I love Christmas a lot. So I might as well try. So I just wrote All I Want for Christmas is You and then uh, finished up, you know, the writing of it with my then collaborator, Walter A, and uh, recorded it and wanted it to feel like a timeless classic, wanted it not to feel like, oh, this is from the 90s or this is from the whatever era, you know what I mean? And so over the years, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And and it is, I get goosebumps thinking of it because I never knew. I was just like, this is what I like. You know what I mean? This is what I want to do for Christmas. I always wanted to have that perfect Christmas. And I wrote about it in my in my memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, last year. Like I had I had kind of tough upbringing. So we never had a lot of things that most kids have. And I really wanted that perfect Christmas. It was like in my mind. I just always wanted it. And it always got ruined. So now, you know, I, I kind of feel great that people get to my song is a part of other people's Christmases, and it helps me have a festive moment with my family and friends as well. You, you bring up your book. Your book has now gone to paperback, and people can can get the book. What was the hardest part for you uh, personally about sharing your story? Well, I worked on the book for like three, I would say basically almost three years. But Previously, I had wanted to tell the story like it's mostly about my childhood. And when I went, I wrote I wrote the book with my friend and collaborator, Michaela, and she and I, you know, really talked about she said, what do you really want to achieve? Because I am a writer. I've always been a writer as a songwriter. But it's a different thing when you go to a book. She hadn't written a book yet either. So we were both just figuring it out. And I just said, I want to emancipate my my little girl self that nobody knew, that nobody understood, that was different, that was other, that didn't really have a category that people understood. So that was our goal. And now it's out on paperback. But the first, like the most exciting moment was when it became an instant number one New York Times bestselling book. So I'm now working on figuring out the adaptation for that and whether it's going to be a scripted series or a series of movies and um, talking to, I can't, I can't tell the whole thing up, but that's my next project. And I can't wait. We have Mariah carry on with us in your holiday plans. I'm just assuming that you have this pressure to be like the greatest holiday person of all time because you are Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I think I put the pressure on myself, honestly. Like, we have a set plan. When I say we, I really mean me because I, I start figuring this out like months before. But then if one thing goes wrong, I get, I, I don't know. It's not if one thing goes wrong. I just want it to be this, like, idyllic sort of thing that is almost impossible to achieve. But we get pretty close. And, you know, we do stuff that most people, maybe they hear about in the song, but we do go on a two-horse open sleigh ride through <laughs> the snow woods. And, um, you know, I have this new, uh, this Christmas-inspired, it's for all year round, but, you know, I, it was inspired by the holidays, um, and it's called Black Irish, and it's a liquor that's coming out this year, but it's like, it's an Irish cream, and but it, we have like three different flavors. And so, you know, I was working on it last year and it was so much fun to just be by the fire. And I have this, my favorite flavor. I'm not allowed to pick one, but I'll pick one anyway. You won't tell anybody. Salted caramel is the best one. It's out in stores now, but we're going to, you know, during Christmas, we'll be enjoying that. And um, I, no, I just like, we have the best time. And it's like, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends and create the most beautiful moments that you can. And that's what I try to do. But it is pressure. But again, I think I put that pressure on myself. And now, hate to say it, but my kids kind of put that pressure on me as well. Mariah, Yay. thank you for your time. We're big fans and congratulations on, on everything from the paperback to, you know, the... the All the in love at Christmas. Yes. Out this year. Khalid and Kirk Franklin. Hope you guys like it. Thanks for having me. All right, Mariah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My name is Ellie, and I'm a huge fan of your show. Wanted to email, say thank you for making mornings tolerable. Now, I recently found out that my best friend Megan accepted a friend request on Instagram from my ex-boyfriend. Now, he's like two ex-boyfriends ago, but still an ex-boyfriend. The thing that bothers me is that she didn't even tell me. She just accepted it and didn't think twice about it. We had a bad breakup after he cheated on me. So why would she want to be friends with him on social media? I feel like she cheated on me now. She doesn't think it's a big deal. She said she'll block him if I really want her to. But I feel like the damage is done. I feel like I can't trust her anymore. (laughs) In your opinion, do you think I'm overreacting and should apologize to her? Or... Are my feelings justified? Signed, Ellie. Okay. Here's the thing. How close are you and her? If my BFF, if, for example, Amy became friends on social media with somebody that I had a terrible breakup with, I would be ticked if one of your Class A friends is like, yeah, I'll accept your request. I'd be livid. However, if it was like just a, a friend at work, somebody to hang out with occasionally, I don't think I would I don't think I would have the right to be that mad. So I think it depends how close you are to this person. Because a real friend, a true friend would unfollow and say, sorry I followed. Yeah, like I was accepted. just I was just doing it because it was there and I don't want to be awkward if I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. But a true friend, if it was that ugly, doesn't hop on that team. And sure, social media is trivial, but not really anymore. It's a big part of our life every day. Amy, if I was in a really bad breakup bad past relationship and they were like hey friend request what would you do i wouldn't accept it probably for a couple of reasons so i would be like wait why are you reaching out to me you know i'm bff with your ex are you trying to follow me so you can keep tabs on nice. whatever and try to get an inside Think look about in, that. in my friend's new life <laughs> so that's just weird i would just respect my friend on that for sure 
and it's hard to do, but yeah, I mean, and this is an opportunity for you to, yeah, talk to your friend and then see how they respond. And then if, if she responds like, oh, no problem, I'll unfollow, then you can, you can maintain your friendship. If not, you may need to just create some distance because yes, it does seem so trivial, <laughs> but still it's like, why do you want to be friends with him? I mean, did she like him? You know, my thing was, I bet there's something going on. Oh, yeah. Wow. Or he wants something to go on mm-hmm. at the least. Which could be worse than just liking him. Ellie, you have every right to be a bit upset, especially if you're really close to her. Yeah. If she's like a secondary or third dairy friend, who cares? Not a good friend anyway. Let her get roped up with him. Let's see what happens. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Tennessee. A manager at a local Wendy's was arrested and charged with simple assault after he bent an employee on the shoulder because she wasn't working the fries fast enough. The employee was standing in front of the fryer and he was like, you're not going fast enough. Ah, Bitter on the shoulder. What an odd reaction for punishment mm-hmm. to bite someone. You're not a dog. Even then, my dog shouldn't be biting me. Yeah, that's weird. And if and that's the manager, you say? Yeah, that was the manager biting a regular employee. Wow. Okay. But, okay, but he shouldn't be the manager much longer. Maybe he read that <laughs> at one of those uh, seminars that they go to, like no. discipline actions. No, I think oh. he hasn't gone to the seminars. <laughs> that's what it is. Like a Tony Robbins type thing? Right, yeah. right. Like if no. you really want to inspire... Okay, there you go. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Let's hear from Jim in Pennsylvania. I was wondering if you could do a shout out for my wife who has been married to me for 30 years on Tuesday. We listen to your show on podcasts all the time. Talk about you guys like we're best friends. So have a great day and thank you. And the shout out goes to Barb and... If you could have Raymundo do a big yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, let us first say Barbara, happy everything. You've been married 30 years. Sounds like your husband loves you. And now a shout out from Ray. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. Here's uh, one more. Hey, Bobby. Morning studio. So yesterday was my son's 12th birthday. And after all we did to celebrate him, I got questioned if I called the Bobby Bones show to announce it. Um, I didn't, so I lied to him and told him, yes, but that he missed it because he got up too late to listen to the show. <laughs> so here I am asking you to give him a birthday shout-out to my son, Alessio from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, Alessio and Las Cruces, thank you for listening. <laughs> nice. There you go. And happy birthday. It's all out there, it's but done. Yeah, she really didn't. But then she did, and you got on the air. Uh, you can always call us, leave us a message, 877-77-BOBBY. 877-77-B-O-B-B-Y. Bobby Bones. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.